0: I've got a million things going through my mind right now, because I've actually envisioned this moment a few years ago. Um, it's, it's like I knew I was going to someday stand right here before you, and uh, and I had something to say to you, um, and, and not just a word from God, but also um, a word from me. It's Pastor Luke's cold coffee. Thanks. Oh. I want, my message was going to be called um, Scandal of Grace, but I want to change it to the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, because that's awesome, and it goes exactly with what uh, I'm going to be talking about today, but I want to do one thing, I do have to take a picture of you guys, because like I said, I've I've envisioned this moment for a long time, and so I'm just going to take a, a few photos here, so just smile, that's not smiling, come on, yeah, wave, awesome, thank you. Now, I told you that, that I, I've actually had this vision of, of being here one day, and uh, that, that God would have me say something. And, and that's just a big thank you um, to all of you uh, for investing in your pastor. Um, you know, he's been going to Pastors Conference in Chicago for a number of years. I've been going for the past 11 years. And uh, actually, about the time that I, I met Pastor Todd... I was getting to that point where it's like, you know what, maybe I've, I've been coming here enough, I'll try something new, and then I met him, and uh, it just changed something, and uh, he's been the absolutely most encouraging, uh, supportive person on the planet. And uh, I want you to know that not only does he go there and encourage me, but, but scores of other men so that we can go back to our congregations and encourage other people so that then they can go into their workplace and into the community and encourage other people. And so don't ever stop investing in your pastor. And uh, you have a wonderful, wonderful pastor and uh, he's got a wonderful wife, and, and I, I've just got to meet Becky and, and the children this weekend, and uh, I love this family, and I was telling them the other day, it was like, it's like when you watch a reality show on TV, and and you get to know the family, because I've been watching them on Facebook for the last few years, and then I finally get to meet this family that I know all about, and they don't know a whole lot about me, and so they're like, Dad's bringing home a stranger this weekend, I don't know what's going on, but... But it's awesome, and that's the bond that we have in Jesus Christ, because, you know, Todd and I, we, we can go we can go a whole year, and then we get together and we just pick up where we left off and, and talk for hours and hours, and we've been up late the past few nights just talking and up early, and, and it's been awesome. But you have a wonderful, wonderful pastor and a pastor's family, and let me tell you this, you can never encourage your pastor enough. Um, you, you just can't. And, and I'm not telling you that just because he's my friend, but but from my own experience, you can never be encouraged enough. You know that in your own life. And uh, as a pastor, I mean, we, we go through some very difficult times and uh, we see the best and the worst of everybody and everything in between. But let me just encourage you to love your pastor and encourage your pastor and continue to invest and pour into your pastor because, uh I know you love Him, and I love Him, and I love you guys because God loves you. And uh, it's awesome how, you know, I've just, like I said, I've been dreaming about this moment, and here I am. And I do have a message uh, from the Bible that I want to share with you today. And um, as we prepare for for the Easter weekend, this is the big weekend. I mean, Easter is everything. I mean, it's everything. And and all I want to do today is just encourage your hearts. And and that's my prayer today, that that I would just encourage... Somebody here today, uh, the cool thing about being here is, is i don 't know you i don 't know what you 're going through i don 't know what you 've been through i don 't know your past i don 't know if this is your first day here or you 've been coming here forever and that 's the beauty of it is i 've been praying God, what would you have me to share with these people and He gave me this message, and i 'm giving it to you today and uh, god 's got some encouragement for us, I believe. And I want to do something a little different. This is not going to be your typical Palm Sunday message, but it's going to follow into the Easter story and just prepare your heart for Easter. And I want to tell you, I've been doing some emailing with a a certain individual uh, across the ocean lately, and um, we've been corresponding back and forth. Um, Actually, he's a Nigerian uh, prince. And uh, he emailed me out of the blue one day, and he said, um, I've got a pile of money. If I've got millions and millions of dollars, and I want to give you some. And uh, all you have to do is, is wire me $5,000, and then I will get you these millions of dollars. And so I did that about two weeks ago, and I'm waiting to hear back. So, no, no, no. okay, okay. That, that's a scandal, right? That's, that, that, that's not right. And, and you know what's interesting is, is we love hearing good scandals. I mean, as good Christian people, we don't like to talk about but but we do. We love a good scandal when we hear it. We love to hear it. We love to watch it on TV, in the news. We love to read about a great scandalous story. And especially those that keep us coming back for more, right? And it's even better when the story is so compelling that we can actually see ourselves as one of the characters in that story. And I want to share a story with you from the Word of God today that that is very timeless and also very scandalous. And we're going to check it out this morning. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 15, and that's where we're going to be parked today is Mark chapter 15. But before we dive in, I want to pray for you this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the opportunity and the privilege that is ours to be in your presence this morning. And God, we just need more of you in our lives. And Lord, I don't know what each and every person has been through this past week. I don't know the struggles that they've endured. I don't know the thoughts that they've been thinking, but you do. And God, you know exactly what we all need this morning. And God, that's a word from you. That's a touch from your hand. And God, we all know that in and of myself, I have absolutely nothing to share. And so I just pray this morning, God, that, that, that my thoughts would be your thoughts, that my words would be your words. And God, that you would just speak through me, that you would use me for your glory and for your honor. And God, I pray that you would encourage someone today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I don't know... The opposition that you're facing today, but I do know what it feels like to have the odds just stacked against you. You know, I know what it's like to to be in those discouraging times, those difficult circumstances. You know, it can be debilitating when you feel like you don't stand a chance with what you're up against. And sadly, that's how most people feel in regards to the opposition that they face. Sometimes on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, whatever the circumstance might be. But doesn't it make a difference if you know that someone is in your corner? And doesn't it make a difference if you know that there's someone who is there for you, cheering you on, who is in your corner, letting you know that that freedom is available, that that hope is available? And I've got some good news for you today. Mark chapter 15. If you have a Bible, you can follow along. Mark chapter 15. This is what God's word says. Mark 15, verse 1. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. You know, as we come to this special time of year, Sometimes we get so familiar with something that it, it no longer really impresses us. And I think that's very true of the Easter story. Uh, sometimes it just becomes so familiar that, that, that it no longer wows us. It no longer impresses us. And we can so easily just read through passages like this. But you know, it's my prayer that today we'll discover a deeper appreciation for what Jesus Christ did for all of us. And so we see the story here of Jesus on his way to the cross. And everything seems to be going well, except there's this kind of kangaroo court thing going on. And there's this guy named Pilate. And there's there's this other character that doesn't make any sense. I mean, why, why is he here? And his name is Barabbas. And we don't know much about him. But he kind of just interrupts the whole story here for a few moments. And all we know is that he's a murderer, he's the leader of an insurrection, he's a rebel. And when you look at the story, you kind of wonder, I mean, why, why is he even mentioned here? I mean, why give him any time in the story at all? I mean, why does he get to play a part in this Easter story? I mean, it's supposed to be about Jesus, right? It's all about Jesus going through the cross. And in this passage here that I read, Pilate says, you know what? I hold the future. I hold the fate of these two men in my hands. Two men. And and I know the Jews have a tradition that during the festival. And they always ask me to release one of the prisoners who are on death row. And so there's Pilate up on the platform. And he's standing there with the fate of these two men. And now he presents Jesus, the son of the living God, versus Barabbas, the rebellious. And he says, "Okay, okay. What do you want? What do you, what do you want? Which one do you want? Think about this. I mean, think about what's happening here, and think about what this means. It's crazy. This is absolutely ridiculous. There's no comparison at all. There is no comparison. It's absurd. It's not right. It's a scandal." A scandal. I mean, Barabbas is a rightful prisoner. He's a man who should be on death row. I mean, he's a rebel. He's a thug. He's a crook. He's a terrorist. He's a bad man. He's evil. He's a murderer. I mean, he deserves the chains. He deserves the shackles. He deserves to be crucified. He deserves to die. But Jesus, what has he done? What has Jesus done but heal people? Give people hope? He restores. He delivers. He sets people free. He opens blind eyes. He opens deaf ears. What has Jesus done wrong? It's a scandal. An absolute scandal. Who do you want? Who do you want, Pilate asks? We want Barabbas. We want Barabbas. Yeah, give us, give us Barabbas. That's who we want. And the people want Barabbas. And it's not much different in our day today either. Because people continually choose wrong over right. Evil over good. Their own way over God's way. And so just picture this scene with me. There's the Roman soldier and he comes up and he puts the key in and he unlocks Barabbas from his chains and from the shackles and he takes him off of him. And then Barabbas walks down the platform. He's a free man. He's a free man. He knows what he did. He knows what he's guilty of. He knows his history. He knows his past. He knows he doesn't deserve any of this. But there he goes, a free man. And as he walks down, he's welcomed by all his fellow villains. And he's thinking, ha, everybody loves me. Everybody loves me. I'm so popular. They love me. The crowd picked me. I don't even know who that Jesus guy is over there. But man, they they love me. The people love me and now I'm free. What a scandal. What a scandal. And there seems to be no conscience in Barabbas at all. And there's no record of him ever turning to Jesus and saying, hey, thank you. Thank you. I owe you everything. I mean, since you set me free, I, I want to follow you forever and learn more about you. You don't see any of that in Barabbas. And God knew that. God knew that. And Jesus just stood there. Silent. Because he knew the will of the Father. He was okay with it all. It was fine with Jesus. Let him have Barabbas. Let him have Barabbas because Jesus knew what was going to take place. Jesus knew that the father would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas. Why? So that he could also treat Barabbas like Jesus. You see, Barabbas was a free man. And Barabbas, he walked away. He thought it was the people that set him free. No, 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 no. It was the love of a heavenly father who set him free. And you know, I've read this story so many times. And every single time I would read it and I would picture Barabbas and I would hate him. And I would be angry at him and I would think it's not right, it's a scandal. And I hate that guy. And he's evil and he's wicked and he needs to die. But then I step back. And I really look at the story. And then I realize who Barabbas really is. That's me. That, that's you. That, that's us. That's us. And when you see the whole picture here, You see God looking down with an unconditional, totally reckless love for all of us, including Barabbas. And we struggle with that. We struggle with that. But God, he's an evil man. I love him. I love him. But but, but God, Jesus is innocent and Barabbas is guilty. I wanted him to go free. It's a scandal. But didn't you know he would never acknowledge the free gift of salvation? Yes. But I love people. All people. Including Barabbas. For while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. God sent his one and only son for us, for Barabbas. Even the one he knew would walk away from Jesus and his free gift of eternal life and never come back. What a scandal! God loves the world, the world, you, me, everyone, so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to take our place and to set us free. And the nerve and the boldness for some of us to think, you know, I was saved by grace, but now that I'm in this deep, dark place of bondage and of sin, I better work hard to get myself out. Man, man, I got to work on myself and I got to fix myself and I got to do whatever I can in my strength and power. What? That is the opposite of the gospel. Are you in bondage today? Are you in chains and shackles today? Are you bound? Are you in a difficult situation? Are you held under by the power of this temptation or from that sin? Do you feel like it's just controlling you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, you know, I'm just going to work harder and, and I'm going to try more and I'm going to shake myself free. Stop it. You won't, you won't, because you're no match for the powers of hell and the schemes of the enemy. You will not overcome, you will never overcome it on your own, you'll just be another statistic. There is no answer within yourself, within your own goodness, within your own discipline, within your own devotion. You cannot save yourself. You can't climb out of that pit on your own. You'll never do it. There's only one answer. There's only one way. And he's the one who took your place. It's Jesus. He's the one that stood silently on the platform with Pilate and said, Yes, let him have Barabbas. Take me. Take me. That's the scandal. That's the grace. That's the love of God. How many times have I stood on that platform with Pilate and Jesus and I'm the Barabbas and they start to take my chains off. And then I say something like, no, no, no. You know what? I deserve this. I deserve the guilt and I deserve the shame and I deserve the consequences and I deserve it all. And Jesus looks at me and he says, no, 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 no. L- let me have it. L- let me have your sin. L- let me have your pain. Let me have your past. Let me have those things that you're struggling with. No, no, Jesus. I did it to myself. I, de- I deserve this. I deserve it all. J- j- just, just let me handle it myself. God, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. And he says, Give me your shame. Give me your shame. But, but God, what if I do it again? I'll still be here. I'm not going anywhere. But, but, but God, I, I don't want to fail you anymore. I don't want to disappoint you. I've done it again and again, and I love you, and, and, I, and I hate this thing that I do. Give me your sin. Give me your sins. I died in your place to set you free. Give it to me. Give it to me. When we come to the Easter weekend and when we prepare, listen, friends. This is it. This this, this is it. This is all we got. This is all I got. This, This is all you got. And we can play games. We can even play church games. And we can pretend like like some people are better than others and that's why they're blessed. Or we can all come to the honest conclusion that it's God. It's all God. And sometimes life is hard. And sometimes life is difficult. And sometimes life doesn't make sense. And sometimes life is unfair. And it is. It is for all of us. But that's not the scandal. The scandal is when we think that life is all about us. And we forget that life is much more than what we see or what we experience here on earth or what we're feeling today or tomorrow. There's another life to come. And the greatest challenge that we all face is not your discipline. It's not your devotion. It's not even your desires. The greatest challenge is simply believing the gospel every single day of our lives. That God loves you enough to send His one and only Son to die in your place and my place. And allow that truth to transform your life. You were made for so much more than you could ever imagine. Do not waste your one and only life. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. Could it be that, that, that there's a God with a love that is so scandalous and so deep and so wide and so high and so vast and so amazing and so welcoming and so overwhelming and so reckless. A God that not only is willing, but wants to take your sin and give you freedom, give you hope and give you a purpose. Listen, God is not afraid of the mess you think you've made of your life. The gospel is not clean and tidy. It never, ever has been. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross, clean and tidy would not be words that anyone would describe it. And the reality is this, friends. How we feel towards those who are lost, those who are are missing, those who are outside these walls... Those who are making a complete mess of their lives and they don't even know it. Those people who are not like us. Those people that we sometimes even cringe at. Those people that are like Barabbas. Listen, how we feel about them is a great indicator of what we truly think of the cross. The son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus said elsewhere, listen, it's not that healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so he says, let me have your sin. It's not too much. I know it all anyway. Give it to me. Let him have your sin. Let him have your life. And when you give it to him, you stand in freedom with new life and new hope. A new purpose. A new direction in life. In a place of forgiveness. In a place of total acceptance. While Jesus walks off to the cross. That we all deserve. Can you picture that? Can you just see him there for a moment? Can you you see him as they, they drive the nails Through his hands and feet. While we stand in freedom. With the love of Jesus saying, go, you're free. You're free. I'll pay the price. I'll pay the price. Where do we get off thinking that we were ever going to set ourselves free? Who do we think we are? He didn't just stand in Barabbas' place. He stood in our place. He died in our place. He was our substitute. It's not about you. It's all about Him. Because without the sacrifice of Jesus, without Him taking our place on that cross, we would all have no hope, no future, no nothing. It's still Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. It'll never stop being the power of Jesus Christ. And if his blood is sufficient for your salvation, listen, his blood is sufficient to sustain you through every single circumstance, through every situation, through every temptation, through every sin that ever comes your way. Jesus is enough. And if the son has set you free, you shall be free indeed. But don't ever think that your freedom was cheap. It's free to you. It's free to me. But it cost him his life. And we need to remember that every single day. What he did for us. And you know, here's the truth. We're all here. It's Sunday morning. In a few minutes, we're all going to walk out of here. And every single one of us is going to walk out of here this morning, having made a choice concerning Jesus. We'll walk out of here this morning either closer to him or a little further away from him. I can't make the choice for you. And you can't make it for me. Barabbas, he may have walked away that day. And he walked away from Jesus and he maybe didn't have any physical chains on him anymore, any physical shackles. But that man was still bound. That man was still in chains. He was still in bondage to sin and self-deception. Don't make the same mistake. You see, the only ones who are truly free are those who understand and accept what Jesus Christ has done And what he has set us free from. Choose the better way. Choose life. You can walk out of here totally free today. Free from the guilt. Free from the shame. You can walk out of here today with hope. You can walk out of here with purpose. You can walk out of here with peace. Maybe for the first time ever in your life. Or you can walk out of here and continue to do things your own way. Just like Barabbas. You know, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. Don't choose your own way. There's a better way. Choose life, choose Jesus Christ. He took your place, and all He wants is for you to surrender to Him today. Listen, this is an amazing scandal of grace. And there are two things that that, that I just love and have totally transformed my life. And that's the unconditional love of God and the amazing grace of God. I I don't deserve any of them. But I do know this, if it wasn't for those things, I don't even know if I'd be alive today. My, my, My life would be a disastrous train wreck. So I thank God That it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how much baggage you're carrying today. It doesn't matter the past that you have in your mind. All that matters is this. Are you willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? He'll worry about the rest. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You can trust Him with that. He gave His life for us, friends. How can we give Him anything less? We only have one life. Don't, don't waste it. Don't waste it. That's the scandal of grace. I'm going to ask you all to stand as the praise team to come up. And I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. And God, I thank you so much for each and every person here this morning. And God, you know their hearts. You know the struggles. You know the burdens. You know every single thing about us. And in spite of everything you know about us, God, you continue to love us. You continue to pour out your grace among us. And God, maybe there's someone here today who has never crossed from death to life, who has never made a decision for you, who has never asked you to be their Lord and Savior, who has never fully acknowledged what you did for them on the cross in taking their place, dying for their sins, so that they could have complete forgiveness, new hope, new freedom, and a home with you someday. And God, if there's anyone here this morning who has yet to make that decision, God, I just pray that this would be the day of salvation for them. And God, for those who have made that decision, God, God, maybe they've been struggling with something. Maybe they've just been discouraged. God, help them to see your reckless, unconditional love today. God, help them to see your amazing grace fresh today. And God, I pray that they would just renew their commitment to you today. God, that that, that you would just create in all of us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. God, we all need more of you in our lives. So God, I just pray that you would do a work in our hearts and lives now. May your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and work on us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.